Transcending history and the world, a tale of soul and swords, eternally retold. Podcast Volume 7, Issue 316, in which we'll be talking about Soul Edge and the Soul Calibur series. In future episodes, we will be talking about Worms. That's another series show with even more games than this one. Uh, another whistle-stop tour of Team 17's battling annelids. Then it'll be the Stanley Parable. Then Resident Evil Code Veronica, continuing that series. After that, we're going to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Taito's seminal Space Invaders. And following that, it's Nintendo's Pikmin. Head to canarince.com for the schedule, as well as links to all, all our other social spaces and so on. Uh, as well as uh, that, we also have some articles, blog pieces and bits and bobs on there. You can donate to us a dollar a month if you want to get each show early. That currently works out at around 70p or 80 0.81 of a euro, depending on the exchange rate on the day. Uh, and it helps us out keep on doing what we're doing because we put an enormous amount of time and effort into the show. Patreon.com slash Rinse. If you don't want to sign up for a Patreon, there's a PayPal button on the site for one-off donations, a tips jar, if you will. We also have spreadshirt.co.uk slash Rinse, where you can buy lovely T-shirts and bags with our logo. Also, the Sound of Play logo, which is our other podcast. There's also an Amazon Associates shopping link on the homepage. You'll need to turn ad blocker off to see that. Uh, but if you click through there, put items in your basket and check out, we get a little uh, commission for that. That's uh, extremely helpful as well. A lot of you have been doing that. And uh, yeah, very nice too. Sound of Play, I mentioned, it's our other podcast. Comes out every Wednesday. We share normally nine, sometimes more video game music pieces from the history of the medium. And it's a really good time. Subscribe, review, rate wherever you can to both of our podcasts. We love you forever for it. And also, of course, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Now joining me, Leon Cox, in issue 316 are Carl Moon. Hey, guys. And Mikhail Croder. Hey. Hey. No, uh, <laughs> no impressions for us this time. Not yet, anyway. No, I was uh, not really inspired by anything in particular. There's, there's some funny sound bites and quips, but uh, nothing that really spurred me to... We might get you to do one in the three-word reviews. Let's see. All right. <laughs> okay, so starting with Soul Edge, as it was called, in the arcades in 1995. So what is it? Well, this was Namco. They'd already made a Tekken game. Uh, was this after the first Tekken or was the second Tekken? It was possibly already on the way anyway. Um, but they made a fighting game with swords, basically, uh, for uh, for the arcade, their System 11 system, which was essentially a beefed-up PlayStation uh, with slightly uh, yeah faster CPU 
uh, higher resolution or or uh, more polygon pushing power anyway. But uh, but it meant that uh, games were fairly. It was it was not an Im- impossible task to convert things, port them down to the PlayStation. And in some ways, the CD medium that the PlayStation uh, used, of course, allowed for extra uh, extra music, extra modes and things like that as well. So there were advantages to the home version. Uh, one sort of name worth mentioning is Seichi Ishii. Although he didn't work on Soul Edge, he had worked at Sega uh, on one of the designers of the very important game Virtua Fighter, which, although it wasn't the first ever polygon-based fighting game, it was probably the first one that was could truly be called successful in terms of bringing uh, an actual workable fighting game into three dimensions, such as it is. He went over to Namco after Virtua Fighter and worked on the Tekken games. Um, and another key name who features throughout this show is Hiroaki Yotoriyama, who is uh, the producer, or he was the producer, of the entire series up until this uh, most uh, recent game, Soul Calibur V, intellectual property manager from now on. Um, But yes, so he's been there throughout. But the director of the first game, Teruaki Konishi, uh, who worked on Tekken prior to this, went on to work on Soul Calibur uh, and Soul Calibur Legends. Also, Credits on Tales of Vesperia and Tales of Symphonia, Bayonetta 2 as well, and Star Fox Guard. Uh, So what is Soul Edge? As I say, it's a one-on-one fighting game with polygons, uh, but unlike the fisticuffs focus of the likes of Virtua Fighter and Tekken, it is with swords and sticks and uh, shafts, shafts, (laughs) Uh, nunchucks. Uh, and later some wild and wacky swords made out of chains and and so on and so forth. Uh, So my memories, my history with Soul Edge, I vaguely remember possibly seeing a coin-op Soul Edge in Brighton, but I don't know if I played it. Uh, But I started to get excited about it when magazines started to preview the home conversion um, and it looked really cool in screenshots. I thought it was really bright, really colourful. The trails, these transparent trails left by the swords. And I just imagined this really exciting, dynamic kind of dueling kind of thing that was going to happen. There was a massive feature in the short-lived but much-missed Maxima magazine, which was uh, helmed by Richard Ledbetter, who's now head honcho at Digital Foundry. Uh, And it just looked so cool. I was already into Tekken and other things. And so I bought this on PS1 the day it came out, the PAL version, renamed as Soul Blade. And I played it to death. I completely completed it with every character, uh, all endings, got the Edge Master mode completely done and played it an absolute ton in two player with my girlfriend at the time and friends as well. Uh, Mikhail, how about you? Do you remember the, the debut of Soul Edge? Yeah, I was in the Virgin Megastore in uh, Amsterdam and there, they had this gigantic screen up and they had the uh, intro movie and the track mode on there. Oh my uh, good. goodness. And yes. I was just kind of really blown away by the, the CG stuff that I saw there. I hadn't seen anything like it before on the, on the PlayStation at least. And um, yeah, I think that's my most vivid uh, memory of the first game. I read reviews about it. Um, I've never really uh put i might have played it at a friend's house but i never really put any serious time in it and i'm going to tell you something that's uh would be embarrassing if not uh for the fact that i'm a person with very little shame 
Good, uh, good. You're only sharing it with a couple of people. <laughs> exactly. So it's among friends, right? This, uh, this yeah. is not going to leak out. <laughs> anyway, um, I was at the time I thought uh, the game, although I really liked the weapon trails and the movement, I thought the game looked a little bit too fruity and colorful. I was a li- in a little <laughs> bit more of a dark fantasy, uh, grim medieval mood oh, you should at the like, time. You, you probably like Soul Calibur more now then, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, my, you know, my, my tastes have, uh, tastes have shifted yes. again uh, throughout yeah. uh, the time. But at the time, the funny thing was, I also remember, really remember playing Atari's Maze the Dark Age around that same time in uh, arcades. Oh, this is embarrassing. Yeah, it is, it is kind of embarrassing, right? Because uh, <laughs> that game is not half the game that Soul Blade or Soul Edge is. Uh, You've lost your uh, your your cr- critical credentials, right? right. Now. But in that game, yeah. you you really had uh, some very striking character designs. I feel there was a, a medieval yeah. a medieval uh, Templar knight uh, that was half decaying, was half a zombie. There was a freaking executioner. There was a Hashashin from uh, the Middle East. Uh, um, yeah, I, qu- I quite preferred uh, the, the the character designs in that game at the time. Right. No, now looking back on, uh, on it, I feel quite different. But yeah, that, that was how, yeah. how it was back uh, back then. Yeah, you know, sure. it kind of kind of suited my taste at the time and uh, my mood at the time a little bit more. Um, so yeah, no, I re- I really have very limited history, but uh, I do remember very vividly once again being blown away by that uh, CG intro that I saw on a huge screen. Oh my gosh, that I've still I'm still watching that intro to this day. Obviously, the actual sort of uh, the technical side of the CG has aged, but I think in terms of sort of direction, it's still one of the finest of, of its, its type. It, it's all time classic, isn't it? Yeah, and it's you know the song is a is a total cheese fest, and normally I'm 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 the one who's quite against these sort of uh, actual vocal songs that that Japanese games have featured over the years, but but I really like that one as daft as it is, um, and we'll have opened the show with a with at least a, a snatch of it. So so there you go, uh, Carl. How about you? You were hyped up for this with the reviews and the previews and all that sort of thing. Absolutely, um, it was it was featuring in the likes of C and VG and and. The, 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 that was a magazine I would regularly buy, and it, it looked incredible. And I don't remember which arcade it was, whether it was uh, Red Car or whether it was Margate, but I do remember walking into the uh, the arcade, and like a halo around this machine was a big sit-down Soul Edge cabinet. Um, oh. Ran over and just started piling pound coins into this this incredible beast of a machine um and seeing it sort of in motion was far beyond what i was expecting to see from the the magazines i remember fighting through like the cornfields and seeing like characters mm. like rock just these these absolute hulking behemoths on screen with swords and sparks and um just it it, it blew me away and this was at, at a time when you know, arcade fighters like Virtua Fighter and Mortal Kombat and, and Tekken were just so dominant in the arcades around here that you had this game just doing it so differently um, in such an incredible way. It's, you know, we've mentioned the attract screen, but it's kind of one of those uh, machines like Final Fight. I mentioned it on that one where you had the ringing telephone and you just knew that that game was in the arcade. <laughs> um, this was kind of the same. You could just hear the Soul Edge machine. Mm. And it was mm. so exciting walking in and playing it and 
Um, I always feel like if you had one of the big sit-down units, you got like the best version of any arcade game that there was outside mm. of like a sit-in cabinet. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it was sort of premium. And then obviously when it came over here on the PlayStation as Soul Blade, uh, picked that up um, as a legit copy, uh, went straight to one of my friend's house uh, houses in Redcar and just played it against each other that, like for the, the whole night, just relentlessly in a way that I just can't do now as an adult. Um, like yourself, Leon, just absolutely blitzed this game, everything in it. Um, blisters on the tips of me thumbs kind of gaming on the PlayStation. Just yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, it was around this time I got my uh, Namco arcade stick for PS1, which is still functioning to this day, the grey and yellow steel-built one. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely cracking. I've still got an adapter, which means I can plug it into my PC and, and use use, uh, use it for MAME and things like that, which is which is great. Um, yeah, we should say, so the arcade version debuted in 1995. About almost a year later, I think it was, they released a version 2, which was substantially enhanced from the original. This is uh, something that obviously we've seen... Uh, going forward I mean they dubbed it version 2 but they could have called it Super Soul Blade or something like that but uh, there it was the Japanese uh, PlayStation version came out in December 96 we had to wait until uh, May in Europe 97 the uh, US also Soul Blade they got in in America I believe Um, which is probably why we got the game uh, renamed I guess uh, Soul Edge being the name of the sword uh, featuring uh, you know heavily in the plot um, didn't mean so much so i guess blade just they just the marketing people just felt it would make more sense to call it that i don't know if there's anything more to it than that but then it was only an issue for one game because then they they changed the name so uh, some whisperings uh, say that it was yeah. a, a trademark thing the, oh, the, soul, okay. edge, the soul blade renaming oh, um, right. maybe so maybe even if, uh, involving the same uh, person who trademarked uh, the word edge uh, causing the, oh. the magazine uh, various uh, troubles. Ah, interesting. Okay, yeah. yeah, that was some kind of sound software or something like that? Or was that the Star Fox one? I forget. Anyway, uh, yes, we should say, as with uh, most fighting game series, particularly Japanese ones, there is uh, a large, uh, expansive story surrounding this with uh, all the characters uh, having their various reasons for going after this Soul Edge sword. Um, there's also the Soul Calibur sword, which is the kind of good and pure version of this evil blade. Uh, The main canonical version of the story mainly features the knight Siegfried uh, and his evil, corrupted alter ego nightmare, but there's there's an infinite, almost infinite amount of uh, plot now, Mm. and obviously each game has added new characters, new uh, protagonists even to the story, so... Yeah, and if uh, you read the character profiles, there's like tons of walls of text to to go through it's like like, uh, novellas, uh, almost. Yes, I'd be lying if i said i i I was on top of all that stuff i'm at the point where like and 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 this is partly my fault i think um a a failing of of my sort of tasting things and maybe it's partly a getting older thing but i i have this thing where the original characters are the real characters and anyone who comes after that is is kind of an imposter (laughs) i I find it very hard to embrace Mm. people beyond the second game it does feel that way for a lot of fighting games it's after i I feel that way that uh, when we had street fighter alpha 3 and and stuff it's like they're not the real ones i mean come on um and i do feel somewhat the same way outside of caliber one none of the Mm. other characters matter 
But there's actually, I was watching some videos this afternoon of most loved and most hated characters among the community. And it's interesting. Some of the most loved and most hated are are from later in this series. Some of the most hated are from relatively early on as well. So uh, it, it seems that they have uh, they have come up with some character ideas that people embraced. Uh, I think it's... Uh, See, I'm even forgetting the names. The guy, the the the, is it Sasazel? Zasalamel from Sokolov. Zasalamel, thank you. Yes, Uh, he seemed to have been largely embraced. Whereas the guy from with the Greek name from Soul Calibur Five, Petrokolos. Petrokolos, thank you. There's there's Uh, a few. There's Pyra. (laughs) There's a few Greek names in the in the fifth one. Yeah, sure. so yes, but anyway, we'll obviously we'll we'll touch across uh, favorite and least favorite characters as we go along. Um, yeah, so I mean, this was a uh, as I say, a System Eleven game, six forty by four eighty pixels, eight way joystick, four buttons. We should talk about the control system a little, uh, which has been with a few uh, additions, largely consistent throughout the series. Going back to the first game, you have a guard button, horizontal attack, vertical attack, and a kick. And that is all you need, really, to play any of the games in the series. Although, to play them well, you'll need to start thinking about the the things that they added. Uh, I was surprised going back mm. to the first uh, game, to Soulblade, uh, that that basic uh, those basic four buttons were already in place there, since they seem so right. integral to the later editions uh, of mm. the of the series. Mm. Yeah, uh, and I got to say, like I've talked before about how rubbish I am at using guards in games with guard buttons. Uh, I because I, I started using back to block on Street Fighter mm-hmm. and and I've struggled with guard. But Soul Calibur it always made sense to me. It always felt, and I think it it was as much as anything to do with the sound design. I love the sound in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking about the series as a whole now because really the the soundscape has stayed fairly consistent. I would say, yeah, uh, lots of really uh, bombastic orchestral music. Music. Uh, sometimes there's an option of soundtracks or arcade or arranged or, or different variations. Um, but one of the key things about my love of this game for the first, uh, from Soul Edge and Soul Calibur particularly, was just the the constant sound of pinging and clashing and twanging swords and yeah. and, the, and the fact that 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 guard sound had such a particular uh, a resonance to it made me kind of think about guarding being a rewarding and satisfying thing to do whereas in a in a fisticuffs fighting game guarding will only reward you with a kind of slightly muffled thump sound effect so yeah. uh, this 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 is a clue as to how my stupid brain works but um yeah well the the thing is um introducing weapons into the the 3D fighter and soul soul blade or soul edge was not the first game to do that we had the yeah. uh uh, in hindsight, pretty bad uh, Battle Arena to Shin, Arena to Shin, <laughs> before that already. Also, Star uh, Gladiator was before Star this, Gladiator was, was before that, yeah. Uh, and but in Soul Blade, um, it's not a cosmetic thing. The weapons, it's not okay. You just have longer reach on your regular attacks now. But for all intents and purposes, it's mechanically the same as a Fisticuffs fighter. But yeah. you actually, because of the vertical and the horizontal attacks, you actually have clashing weapons. And because of the guard system and the guard impacts, the parries and the repels, uh, there's a lot of um, interaction between uh, weapons of two two opponents. Mm. Yeah, it's it's the speed and the uh, the sort of the movement of the characters with those weapons are, are intrinsic to each other. So. 
um, the ability to utilize certain characters' speed becomes quite dominant over other characters, more so uh, in terms of weapons than uh, the likes of uh, something like a Street Fighter, where you had like a Zangief against a Ryu, or example like a, a big against a small, um, where a character would have like Rock would do so much damage that you, you kind of could count, counteract him with, like, Mitsurugi, and, and you know, you'd utilise that speed and the ability to sort of um, strategically uh, rotate around and sort of jab away with a, with a sword. Um, and it was always kind of that um, rock, paper, scissors, that there was always yeah. one could outdo the other, and it was, especially when you were doing it in the arcade and you'd try and get a sense of someone, and it was always great. Like, arcade fighters are always brilliant when you fight on the couch, that kind of rivalry. But this sort of really did bring something into that arcade atmosphere that I had not experienced before. I remember getting this, I remember the actual day, and I have a very strong feeling it came out. The, uh, Namco released both this, or actually Sony, I think, released the Namco games over here. They re- released both this and... uh, rage racer on the same day because i'm pretty sure i spent 85 90 quid on that one day on those two new some of those like sometimes when we talk about these games i don't remember the buying experience at all but this one i remember pretty clearly and i remember you know the the reviews had all come out as as they used to do the magazines you know they they got the game sent to the magazines ahead of time and of course this had already been available on import for months uh the average review score for the game was 91.46%. So it was obviously, you know, something I had to have. Um, there were the usual considerations as regards to the PAL version, of course. Uh, I don't know if there was any optimization. I remember it playing pretty well. One of the key things here is um, the Tekken coin-ups were 60 frames per second, whereas the home versions were 30. Uh, here, the arcade version was 30 frames a second and the home version. And I guess the fact that we were already used to 30 frames a second fighting games at home meant that it didn't seem like it was mm. a, it was really an issue. Um, playing it in at 50 hertz on the PAL version, again, I guess I was just very used to it from playing Tekken and other games. And so uh, so it was a case of not missing what I didn't have, but I think probably playing a PAL version now would be uh, difficult and, and compromised. But back it's in a, the day... It's a little, little stuttery, but yeah. um, I think if I try to put myself in that state of mind uh, of uh, uh, the time it came out, I think the general fluidity of the combat probably made up for a whole lot of that uh, yeah. uh, slower frame rate. Yeah. Yeah, so we were we were I guess we were in Europe we were playing it at twenty five frames a second, but uh, but we were very accustomed to that, and we hadn't yet played uh, Soul Calibur on the Dreamcast, so, <laughs> so it was <laughs> yeah. it was all fine. Um, and I remember another memory from the time is this is one of the games, and it, so how old was I? I was twenty five or twenty four, uh, which means my mum was in her fifties. I think is that right? No. No, it was 20 years ago. She was in her 40s. And uh, and my mum's not massively, massively interested in games. Occasionally, though, there's a game which I think I'm going to show my mum this to show her what I'm into and what I like and kind of see if she can pick up some of my enthusiasm. And Soul Edge was one of those games because I, th- I knew she'd understand what was going on because it was, you know, sword fighting, right? And I, and, and, and I remember, you know, the, to to look at footage of this game now you it, it looks pretty aged uh it looks good for a ps1 game i would say but it looks it looks like a ps1 game um but 
I was so enamoured with the way this game looked and sound and how exciting and dramatic it was that I remember loading it up before my mum came around once to uh, to show her. And uh, I don't think she was that impressed, but, you know, it was, it was, the, <laughs> it was the enthusiasm that counted. Another uh, aspect, of course, in the uh, translation from Soul Edge to Soul Blade, or at least in, uh, yeah, in Europe... I'm not sure what the situation was in the USA, but in Europe, uh, there were issues with both uh, some very minor back nudity in the intro. Um, Sofitia's taking a bath. Uh, they added uh, what looked like a nightdress. In, uh, it, she's bathing in a lake, basically. Um, so they added some, some clothing to protect her modesty, although they left the uh, sort of pneumatic uh, bosoms of tacky uh, in um, and the nunchucks this was this used to be a big issue there were, there used to be lots of issues around throwing stars and nunchucks and other ninja or samurai type weaponry going back i think to sort of martial arts films and the bbfc basically made the yeah they namco had to rework the nunchucks in the game so they look like this really weird twisty stick thing yeah um, it, it's like flails wasn't it it was like yeah the, with the wooden in the middle of the two other wooden yeah. batons and it was kind of strange because there was this whole outlaw thing against nunchucks and it i remember the, the this caused the strangest school conversation that this was like suddenly the most lethal weapon in the world, because there's a reason it's been banned in video right, games. Right. People are too deadly with it. And then you got the whole Bruce <laughs> Lee thing. Was, yeah. It was so weird. But one of the key sort of review selling points, I would say, for this game, which had the usual arcade versus uh, time attack, survivor, you know, whatever, the, the modes you'd expect. This was one of the first games I can recall, uh, and I, th I still think it sort of stands out, uh, where it had kind of a full-blown single-player campaign as such. It wasn't a story mode in the way that Mortal Kombat uh, 9 did it uh, with lots of cutscenes and things like that. This was There was a lot of maps and text screens and things like that. But what it was was a, uh, a series of battles across a map where winning conditions would be wildly varied mm. uh you could be poisoned i can't I, i'm gonna i'm gonna show my my lack of memory and recent experience with soul edge here because i can't remember which of the conditions were available in soul edge compared to soul caliber and so on but as a for example uh you might be poisoned and your health might be dripping down or you might only be able to hurt people by hitting them up against a wall or up in the air you might only be able to win by a ring out you might be being blown around by wind uh various uh, you might have to th fight three in a row three opponents um and yeah lots of li little interesting wrinkles like this and you'd be winning different weapons with different uh attributes almost uh, RG, R rpg style sort of perks and buffs as you go along and this made such a difference to the amount i wanted to play this game and this carries on in, into the soul caliber as well i just had to do everything in this edge master mode it was uh, a bit of a master stroke for a home version i thought and i still find when whenever a, a new fighting game comes out i always hope that there's something like this in it mm. and more often than not there's there still kind of isn't anything quite as compelling yeah. It's it's crazy because this was a period of time where, and I think we've mentioned this before regarding Tekken and the amount of mods that Tekken games used to have um, with the likes of Tekken Ball and, and sort of the, the Streets of Rage style brawler. Yeah. Um, and then we had games being creative like Tabal Number 1 and 
um, yeah. of doing these really strange ways of approaching the way that a fighting game would work, and then Soul Edge just came and absolutely smashed it out of the park with its Edge Master mode, and I just could not get enough of playing it. It was, um, it was just absolutely sublime. Mikhail, did you hammer this mode? No, uh, oh. I, I only got this game a couple of months back uh, since I knew we would be uh, covering it for the podcast. Oh, okay. And I've uh, only uh, really played uh, a few, I think I played sure. two characters to the arcade mode just to get a feel uh, for it. Uh, but I did also go back to Soul Calibur and found myself, the first Soul Calibur, and found myself really compelled in the uh, the mission mode it's called there, yes. uh, over yeah. there. And I was, like, last night I was uh, still... Still, I just kept on playing. Oh, I unlock more maps, you know. Let's see what the challenges are there, and I like more unlock more artwork. And I, uh, yeah, it's it's this thing like this is the kind of thing I would probably completely if this was one of the few games I had at the time and it was brand new. I would have completely uh, entrenched myself in and just uh, kept on playing. But now going back to an older fighting game is very interesting to me, and uh, I can even if if it's still a solid game, I can even still see myself playing it against other people. But I usually don't really mess with the uh, single player story modes or the, mm. the the real the single player content that much uh, with with older fighting games, um, but so it was still quite funny to see that at least the the mission mode in the first Soul Calibur had that yeah. grip on me uh, and I wanted to keep on <laughs> playing and unlocking stuff. Yeah, but that's so for was... that's for Soul Calibur. That's uh, that's later on we'll discuss that. We're getting right there. Uh, yeah. We we need to move along, and so we will. Simon Sloth from the forum says, I fondly remember the Edge Master mode, which struck me as revolutionary on release. It seemed far deeper than any of its peers at the time and was very compelling. I especially liked the various handicaps and stipulations applied to certain bouts, which added variety and unpredictability. Regrettably, this is where my briefling with the series ends, as the sequel was released on the Dreamcast. I think back then, when a beloved franchise jumped ship and became console exclusive on another platform, it automatically became either awesome or a pile of excrement, depending on your perspective. Needless to say, Soul Calibur was not viewed favourably in my eyes, and Tekken therefore reigned supreme. This perspective extended beyond my household, where even the school playground was divided between Tekken fans and those who championed Soul Calibur. Looking back, it's strange to think there were that many Dreamcast owners. Perhaps if my school was representative of the world, Sega would still be making consoles. In all honesty, it could have been very different if Namco had chosen Tekken for the Dreamcast instead. As it is, I have little love for the series, which is almost entirely due to a silly teenage grudge. Hmm. Well, uh, you I think out. the real winner there was Namco. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, although how many more copies of Soul Calibur might they have sold uh, if they'd held it back for PS2? But uh, nevertheless, uh, Soul Calibur came out 98 in the arcades, 99 for Dreamcast. I think it made US launch. Uh, we had to wait slightly longer to get it in Europe, but it wasn't that far behind. It's worth saying a lot of things about Soul Calibur. Uh, it is, according to Game Rankings, the ninth highest rated video game of all time based on average review score. And that means it's below only some Mario games, some Zelda games and some Grand Theft Auto games. Uh, Namco, after persistent experimentation, uh, had Soul Calibur take shape as a dynamic, free-moving beat-em-up. Uh, that appeared in the arcades of Japan, 30th of July, 1998. More importantly, in the long term, a Dreamcast version went into development as soon as work on the coin-up was finished. The DC version wasn't a sequel, 
but was clearly a level above the System 12 original in spite of Namco's decision to streamline the development process for Soul Calibur's Dreamcast conversion. For the arcade version, producer Yotoriyama says, we had around 60 to 70 people working on Soul Calibur. For the Dreamcast version, our team comprised of only around 40 to 50 people. The coin-op took us roughly 14 months to develop, but development work on the Dreamcast game lasted only half that period, around seven months. Uh, it's well worth watching the uh, Digital Foundry Retro Soul Calibur video with our friend of the show, John Linneman. Um, he uh, goes into detail about why Soul Calibur is such an extraordinary conversion. It's particularly remarkable when you think that the System 11 version had to be squeezed into the PlayStation with some compromises and, as I said, some additions. Whereas looking at the arcade version of Soul Calibur running next to the Dreamcast version, the Dreamcast version is so much prettier. Like mm. they made, they did so much work on it. It's got high resolution assets. It's got way more polygons per character. Uh, plus they added in all the home conversion stuff as well. And those glowing reviews were a reflection of that. And heavens above when it came out in Europe, it had a 60 Hertz option. Do you remember buying this game for the playing this game for the first time because i sure do yes um so with soul caliber uh, it was obviously following on from soul edge which i absolutely adored yeah uh, i was a dreamcast day one i actually had a pre-order in for the american version when i were uh, 9.999 released it got delayed and i didn't oh, yeah. want to wait mm. um and then only at sort of the 11th hour did i cancel that which meant that i could have got soul caliber even earlier than i did because uh, that was really the game I was looking forward to. And mm. it wasn't so much the magazines or the talk or even footage that I'd seen of the combat. It was, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but they released a series of katas of the characters essentially performing moves and animations mm. with their weapons. Yeah. And oh, you right, could download yeah. them all individually. Oh, okay. And this is obviously the internet was relatively in its infancy. Um mm. And I downloaded these things and I was just drooling over the way yeah. that certain characters, namely Killick with his bow, um, would essentially, you know, uh, be moving around. And I'd never seen anything like this. And from, oh, these, from, are these the exhibitions that are yeah, in the game? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And, well, and, yeah. and they released those as sort of downloadable AVI files or whatever okay. the format was at the time. And that, right. that's what completely sold me because that was that was really showing it in motion in a way that... You know, as good as Soul Edge was, it really did not come close in terms of the animation. And I was just like jaw to the floor, kind of in love with what this game was doing. So uh, I went about finding a a, a, a move guide um, from the Japanese arcades where someone had translated every move out from what would essentially be a prima guide, printed the whole lot out into a, a, a ring binder. And I mean, this ring binder was massive and it was rampacked of every move in the game, and I studied it for weeks prior to this game even being released. So to say <laughs> that I was truly excited for the launch of Soul Calibur was a massive understatement. Um, so yeah, for me, absolutely day one when it hit the uh, hit the you know the UK shores. Yeah, I think this was the game that made me. I didn't. I wasn't particularly flush with cash at this point, um, but this was the game that made me buy a Dreamcast. Uh, I'd not bought one at launch. Uh, the launch lineup, as is so often the case with consoles, uh, was, you know, patchy. Um, and it's uh, also, you know, sort of worth noting compared to Sega's own, although they uh, they use some second parties like Genki, their own coin-op 
conversions for the launch of the Dreamcast, Sega Rally 2 and Virtua uh, Fighter 3TB were really uh, compromised conversions of arcade machines, of mm. their own Model mm. uh, 3, 2 arcade machines. Model 3, yeah. Model 3, yeah. Um, and yeah, they, with, they had dodgy frame rates and features missing and downscaled graphics and, and various other things. And then Namco rocked up with this game, uh, which was, you know, they had to actually convert. It's not like the arcade board was Naomi or something. It, this was their own system, but they, they made this, uh, you know, arcade better uh, uh, conversion. So I, I bought a, I bought my Dreamcast, the one I still have, off a, off a work colleague actually. Um, came with Sonic Adventure, which uh, I was, you know, I was impressed with the graphics, but not the gameplay, trick style, I guess, likewise. Um, and uh, yeah, and this was, I think, the first Dreamcast game, other than maybe Power Stone, that I, you know, went to the shop. Maybe I'll get Power Stone with it anyway. Um, I was in love with Power Stone, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, Soul Calibur, I think, was the first new full-price game that I actually went out to the to the shop and bought on release day. Uh, 60 Hertz was in there, unlike Power Stone. And yeah, I just played this game even more, I think, than I played Soul Blade. Um, again, did what the uh, the mission mode and uh, did absolutely everything and then continued to play it and you know just yeah absolutely rinsed it Mikhail, do you remember soul caliber times um i got my dreamcast a little bit late um in 2010 to be specific Eleven years. i would have thought you would have been all over the dreamcast Mikhail. you know yeah you, but i was the kind of games you love oh yeah I, I, I was very interested in Dreamcast, but I was very much... Uh, it ne- it's, it's strange to think back to it, but at that time, I never would have dreamt to own more than one gaming system at the time. Uh, well, that's just and, insane. And, and, You're and, the and, reason Sega aren't making consoles anymore. <laughs> yeah, you killed well, I got Sega. My, I, I got my PS2 very late as well, so it's, I wasn't <laughs> one of those people waiting for the PlayStation 2. I was actually waiting for the GameCube, but that's a whole different story. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, and um, because I was uh, such a massive fan of uh, Soul Calibur 2, uh, I thought, like, why would I want to get an earlier version of this game? You know, why would I get right. Soul Calibur 1? Yeah, okay. Uh, I can see so that. it was only till 2013 uh, that I uh, bought it off a colleague who was selling parts of his collection. Uh, uh, mainly. Uh, but because of recommendations by uh, Saurian Dash, who told me that Soul Calibur One craps all over Soul Calibur Two, and I'm uh, basically mm. an idiot for not uh, for never <laughs> having uh, <laughs> owned and played Soul Calibur One. Have some of these fans so, in your life. Yeah, and you know, if uh, Saurian Dash uh, tells me something like that, I sit yeah. up and listen. Usually, if you're going to listen to anyone, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I uh, I got my copy of Soul Calibur One in uh, 2013. Uh, well, how did it hold uh, up? Surprisingly well, I think. Yeah, uh, really well. That's what I, I mean, it, it lacks yeah. some of the detail you see in Soul Calibur Two and Three on yes. the the textures and the, the environments, sure. but it's a damn smooth, fluid, and solid looking game. Uh, and it stands out amongst many other Dreamcast games of the time it uh, got released in as something just a little bit more sophisticated and detailed. And, uh, um, you know, I think it also helps that uh, a game like Soul Calibur um, really benefits from um, the Dreamcast's uh, 
fairly advanced video output. If you, uh, for example, play your PS2 uh, with Soul Calibur 2 and 3 on a modern screen, uh, mm. it won't look very nice. Mm-hmm. But uh, with the VGA uh, box options of, uh, of a Dreamcast, if you don't have a, an SD television around anymore uh, or, a, or a CRT, you can still yeah. make this game look pretty damn amazing, uh, all things considered. Yes, or you can download the, the Xbox 360 version, um, which is uh, which has pros and cons. Yeah. Uh, um, unfortunately, it came out in 2008. It's higher resolution than the Dreamcast version. Uh, it's pretty much 720p, um, and uh, and that's nice. It is it is pretty much a port of the DC version, but it came out at the time when Microsoft was still uh, putting limits on download sizes. Yeah. So they managed to squeeze the whole of, well, not quite the whole of Soul Calibur into 180-odd meg. And that meant that they had to chop out the intro sequence, which was now a uh, an in-engine sequence that you could even tailor uh, and uh, remix uh, mm-hmm. once you unlock the option. Uh, and they stripped out the mission mode, which was hugely disappointing. Um, I, everything yeah. in the galleries is unlocked from the off, which is kind of nice. So basically, it's a fine version to play for two-player mode uh, if you just want to play Soul Calibur Versus and you don't have your Dreamcast hooked up, it's a great way to play it but it but it is lacking uh, some of the original package, however it was only like 7 quid or $10 so uh, it's the one that I still have and uh, I still have it installed on my on my Xbox now and it still feels great, like it, yeah. it was one of those games that I think um, you could say for a very very long time it had barely aged at all and then just in the last few years you just start to think yeah okay I can see the age coming to it now but it's still really easy on the eye it's so bright and vivid and fluid and those exhibitions still look pretty darn fine um, yeah and the thing is uh, you know now going back uh, having gone back to it in recent years uh, I think and this we will get in later as we go through the whole series. There is a purity in its design and a clear vision there of what the game is and should be as far as the, the play mechanics and the systems mm. go. That um, it's they really got it right with this game. Um, and it seems like um, later down the line, uh, they were trying to... F- fix things that weren't broken in this uh, in this game and uh, yeah I mean we'll, we'll properly go into that uh, later on when we discuss yeah. later games in the series yeah for people who are interested you can play this on Dreamcast emulation of course uh, and apparently it, it runs quite nicely on certain emulators there was an iOS version which obviously uh, well I say obviously but it was never updated to take advantage of larger screens or controller support but uh, but it's unavailable anyway the Android version is still available apparently uh, I think you can use controllers with it um, but I think you'll probably still have the the on-screen touch control overlay but it basically looks it looks like Soul Calibur um, if that uh, interests you but as I say you can get the 360 version on, on Xbox One X uh, Mr. Flabio Glenn from our forum who is uh, in development himself lest we forget has some high praise uh, for Soul Calibur he says Soul Calibur on the Dreamcast was and still is the greatest technical achievement ever pulled out on a console in my opinion it's a vast improvement over the arcade game it's a port of in every way I think the arcade version of Calibur ran on basically the same hardware as Soul Edge that's not quite true uh, I've done Dreamcast development it should not be able to do the things that Namco made it do here 
at least not in the early, uh, not that early in the life cycle of the machine. I've owned every game in the series now, and while there are things I liked about two and three, mainly the very in-depth character creation tools, which put the customization in a lot of MMOs to shame, I still think I prefer the Dreamcast game to them all. The original PS1 game still has the best intro music, though, and was probably the first time I became aware that games were modified and localised. The most recent game in the series fell a little flat, though, despite giving us a kick-ass rework of Ezio's theme. Too many characters gone replaced with less interesting ones. The new one that's out later this year, though, looks like it'll be excellent. We shall see. Uh, so, gameplay wrinkle-wise, this is the thing... They, they added uh, one major element, which is the... What's it actually called? Soul Charge? So you can power yourself up, making yeah. yourself temporarily vulnerable, but also making yourself... Uh, do more damage. Mm. Yeah. Is there more to it than that? Uh, there are various stages uh, of it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you can hold it, hold soul charge longer to power yourself up even more and uh, create an actual unblockable attack. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing is with soul charge uh, is it's I've I've always used it uh, very much underused it because it always seemed more worth it to me to keep the offensive and the pressure going. Yeah. Uh, rather than take your distance and and charge yourself yeah. up, yeah, it's like this you, is why because I'm so it's so e- it's so easy for an opponent to just dash in on you while you while you're That's charging it. up and 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 slide tackle you or uh, use another running attack. That's it. I so seldom use it, uh, and I think that's that's partly why. Yeah, and I haven't really seen it uh, used that much in uh, tournament matches either. So right. it's a curious mechanic that was uh, in there fairly early on and has endured, but uh, mm. always seems, seems rather underused. Uh, so, that, yeah, the, I think the the main addition has to be the eight-way run. So in of course. Uh, Soul, Soul uh, Edge and Soul Blade, you had a sidestep, but um, in uh, Soul Calibur... Uh, you can actually walk in eight directions and keep mm. walking that way, and you open up, uh, yeah, a very revolutionary style of movement for the types of games hailing from, let's say, the school of Virtua Fighter and Tekken. Yeah. So while it's not as obviously a 3D arena fighter as no. uh, Power, Power Stone, for instance, it does mm. it does somewhat bridge the gap between it being just a a 2D game with polygons. That's exactly it. It's uh, yeah. it sort of bridges the the gaps between three D fighters like uh, yeah, like I said, Tekken and Virtua Fighter, and uh, arena fighters like Power, Power Stone, but also Air Guides. God bless the ring. Who can forget about that? Oh one? yeah, God bless the ring. Um, yeah. yeah, and the thing I think I miss whenever I go back to Soul Calibur One uh, or Soul Edge Two, whatever you want to call it, the thing I think that. One, a couple of things strike me. I was playing Soul Calibur 1 and 2 adjacent, uh, you know, in the build up to this show. And I was still enjoying Soul Calibur 2 quite a lot. This is the HD online version we'll talk about. Um, but Soul Calibur 1 still felt more exciting to me, partly because the arenas are smaller. So mm. there's a lot of ring out action, which I personally yeah. enjoy engineering and ending rounds in, in mere seconds. Uh, yeah. Whether It's more fun against a human, um, but it's pretty good fun against the AI as well. Uh, obviously, Soul Calibur is pretty big on juggling and just knocking people up in the air, you know, launching them and then juggling them out of the ring. Uh, 
it's never gets old. <laughs> so, uh, so, and it's also the other comparison thing is it's still Soul Calibur One just still feels super immediate and crisp. I think yes. they put in some sort of buffer, you know, like um, uh, you know, it's it's reading your commands and then performing them almost you know ahead of time or certainly lightning fast compared mm. to other games in the series. And I don't know if it's that age old thing we've talked about with other games, other genres like sports games and things like this where as the animations become more realistic and complicated, uh, they have to, uh, you know, there has to be the compromise between button input and action. Whereas Soul Calibur, everything feels so super immediate and crisp. And I don't even think Namco have ever quite hit that sweet spot again for me. I think it's, it's also uh, that um, later games became a bit slower. Soul Calibur one is uh, pretty, pretty damn fast. Yeah. Yeah. I still find it, and like even at my advanced age, I still find it, uh, yeah, more more enjoyable at that pace than than the than the slightly more considered uh, later games. Um, But I think a main difference between uh, Soul Calibur and its uh, sort of Namco sibling series Tekken is Tekken is more actually is a lot more about juggling and and ground bounds and and wall Mm, attacks in the later games and uh, longer combo strings where. Yes, so Calibur is more of a considerate exchanging of blows, uh, and the guard impact system, the universal guard impact system, also plays uh, a role in that. In that you uh, can actually parry or repel incoming attacks and get a pretty big advantage off of them. Um, yeah. And uh, like a low a low parry really trips up your opponent. Uh, a regular parry gives you quick frame advantage, and a repel actually turns your opponent around uh, almost Um, and the only thing uh, an opponent can do when they're in uh, the sort of the staggering state after a guard impact they can't do any single thing except guard impact your attack in turn if they time it right so you Mm. can get these really against two players that are good at it you can get these really uh, long exchanges of blows, uh, with our, which get increasingly tense and 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 exciting. Yeah, and and I still think I feel like there should still be the possibility of uh, a a more full uh, remaster um, for yeah to download for the current gen systems, um, which restores all the all the missing stuff from the from the now ten year old uh, downloadable version. Uh, K Sub Zero. 1000 from the forum says I once had the pleasure of making the acquaintance of a semi-pro Soul Calibur player who was regularly involved in international tournaments and had a near encyclopedic knowledge of the series various systems and mechanics. He later stayed at my place for a few days and we decided to play a few rounds of Soul Calibur 4 despite the massive skill difference between the two of us. About the only thing I remember from the ensuing carnage was the feeling of watching hopelessly as my Killick was being bounced around a place by his Ivy as the direct result of a perfectly executed 20 second long combo string my only frame of reference at the time was the dead or alive series and its multitude of trademark defensive techniques such as holds tech rolls and various stun states and so i enthusiastically asked wow that's insane so what exactly are my options to get out of a situation like that for the record i was genuinely expecting an in-depth technical answer that would convert me into a die-hard soul caliber fan for the rest of my life he stared lethargically into the void for about eight seconds, adjusted his ugly glasses and finally uttered, well, there's nothing you can do, really. It's basically all about the initial frame advantage, man. 
and I think that was the last time I played any Soul Calibur game. Went out on a low note, so to speak. P.S. It's entirely possible he was putting me on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether that's a particular issue with 4, but uh, as we move through the series, yeah, we'll get there. I would say, uh, you know, a guard impact would be a pretty decent answer to getting in that situation. But maybe once a combo keeps going, there could indeed be nothing uh, much you can do. Yeah. I feel like they definitely implemented more ways to reverse stuff in the later games in the series compared to the first. This, this like many games of the era, did have that case of if you get hit first, you kind of wait for the opening. But it always felt like Soul Calibur was that game that played in bursts, a little like Mikel was saying, where um, you get the first hit, it goes on for a bit, then you separate and then you get your timings right again, whereas right. Tekken's all about sort of maintaining that advantage. And there are the slight differentiations that you get between fighting games that obviously we as people who play a lot of fighting games kind of know that there's the, 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 the whole timings or the aggressions or whether it's a defensive or an offensive kind of game. And I feel like that's maybe the one area that Soul Calibur's kind of developed on for not necessarily the all the best of reasons, some reasons better than others, but definitely in the early one, it was the, or the early Soul Calibur games, it was a case of, get your move in first do as much damage as you possibly can then create that distance mm. as regards to the coin-op i do remember seeing a soul caliber coin-op but i remember it being uh it, it wasn't around for very long it wasn't very popular uh i can't remember if i tried it but i remember the reception to the coin-op initially uh being way less enthusiastic than the eventual uh dreamcast version which you know i think for some myself included was a system seller um but obviously that you know they they've done a lot to it in in the in the meantime did anyone else ever see a soul cal coin op in the wild never no no, no. me neither <laughs> It's such a shame as well because it's something that I would have absolutely have loved to have seen, even though I know that by having the Dreamcast version at home, I actually had a better version. Yeah, yeah. But it it was kind of nice. But this was the sort of the turning of the tides, wasn't it? Where yes. um, Arcade Perfect was something that you didn't expect to see really before '99, and then by the time '99 came around, we were kind of starting to see it or better it. So it was kind of a shame in a way, but it was uh, just. For myself and and being playing fighting games in the arcade, it might have been the last great fighting game I would have played on a on a unit. Curiously, the arcade version of Soul Calibur Two never even came to Europe. Uh, you may have seen one in Japan, which came out in July two thousand and two. There was also a North American release, uh, but in Europe we had to wait until um, March. Uh, sorry, September two thousand and three. It was March in Japan, August in the US. Two thousand and three. September saw the simultaneous release. Actually, I have a funny feeling that the they released them one day after another because this was the, the game where there were three versions. Yeah, uh, Xbox original version, uh, GameCube version, and PS2 version. I have a feeling GameStation at the time released one on the Wednesday, one on Thursday, one on the Friday or something like that. That does sound awfully familiar. Yeah. Uh, I'd set my heart on the GameCube version. I'm not really sure why in hindsight, because I don't actually, personally, I don't like the way Link sits with the other characters in the game. I think it was just because I liked Link more than I liked the other characters. I certainly didn't want to be Spawn um, in the Xbox version because uh, I knew nothing about him, but he looked pants to me. Um, was it Hey Hachi in the PS2? Hey yeah. Hachi, yeah. Yeah, so that was all right. Hi I actually uh, augmented with uh, metal uh, bracelets. 
Okay. So he could actually uh, guard uh, against weapon blows. Which was fine, um, but I suppose, um, I, yeah, for whatever reason, I settled on the GameCube version, uh, even though it meant using the GameCube controller rather than the arcade stick that I would have been able to use with the... So that's a bad decision in hindsight, um, <laughs> thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> a but, version where you couldn't use your joystick and a yeah. version where you didn't like the, ex- the, the, look of the exclusive character. Yeah, I get it was, yeah, but, you know, that's how, that's how Nintendo do it, isn't it? I just had to have Link, yeah. uh, even though I didn't want him. <laughs> you see what I mean? Um, but anyway, uh, maybe that was part of the issue because I was never. I bought it day whatever day one was for the GameCube version. Um, I thought this was pretty cool that the fact that this game was coming to three formats in slightly different versions. Uh, I had the option of all three uh, because you know I was a young adult with a job and 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 I had all the consoles. Um, but this was really the start. I, I played it a fair amount. But I never finished the uh, weapon master mode, which is what it's called in this version. Um, I finished it with some characters, but certainly not all of them. I just never got the same buzz out of this game as I had from the previous game. Um, And I'm not sure. I'm still not sure exactly why, other than when I play them side to side now. Um, And I still I do enjoy Soul Calibur 2. It's certainly not certainly not something I dislike, but it. It is still for me just lacking that extra mm. speed and pace and crispness that the pre- that its predecessor had. So, Mikhail, you said you got well into this game. So, yeah, ma- maybe because you hadn't played Soul Calibur first. I don't know, but very, it's, very possible. Yeah, but it's good I was, in its own right, though. I mean, I was all over this game, um, yeah. and I mean, I had, I wasn't completely uh, ignorant to the first Soul Calibur. I I had heard of its uh, of reputation, course. and yeah. the hype for Soul Calibur 2 was pretty large because of the reputation of the Dreamcast original Soul Calibur 1. Yeah. Um, so I was really getting ready to finally play a solid fighting game uh, again. And um, I went... This was probably the first time I ever took a, a 3D fighting game very, ser- very seriously because right. I, I went on forums, uh, like uh, scene forums, and started looking at frame data. I got the uh, um, piggyback uh, strategy guide right. uh, to study moves. This was the first time ever in any fighting game that I didn't just learn the whole cast of characters, but I focused on some main characters. Uh, so uh, Zhang Hua was my uh, was my main because mm-hmm. uh, I was also really in love with the film Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon at that time, and uh, I really liked her sort of wuxia uh, Chinese kung fu yeah. sword fighting style. Mm. Um, and I've I played this game to death, uh, even though I never really finished the the, the Weapon Master mode either. Uh, I still to this day I haven't unlocked the final. Hidden character, Lizard Man, uh, I believe. Um, but I, especially versus other uh, other players, I, this was the first year I moved into the apartment I bought with my wife, and we had neighbors downstairs. Uh, we had common friends who all played this game, and we would just go like either to their place downstairs or in, uh, in my place. Or we either played the PS2 version or the GameCube version. 
and we're just going at it non-stop uh, and for all the work that I put into it uh, trying to play the game seriously my neighbor from downstairs still got me nine times out of ten with his Mitsurugi just yeah. uh, hacking me down uh, <laughs> time and time again yeah I like Mitsurugi he's one of my favorites even though he's kind of vanilla in some ways uh, interestingly in the original game I think it was in in certain regions of Japan he's replaced with a, a, a more English knight character called Arthur because of issues around the depiction of samurais which I only learned today, I think. But, uh, yeah. So the game reviewed uh, really solidly well, again, but not as well as its predecessor on the Dreamcast, but yeah. the average was 92% across all, version, across all versions. Other than the characters, there were only very minor differences technically between the three versions, which is impressive in itself. Um, I think Xbox had ever so slightly better graphics, but it also had issues... The Xbox always had issues without putting really vibrant, bright colours, so I don't think it necessarily looked the nicest um, just on the screen. Um the GameCube version crammed everything onto the miniature disc, I believe, that the GameCube games came on. So they, they did a pretty good job with that. Carl, do you remember the hype and which version did you have your heart set on? This was a really interesting one because obviously the, the multiple releases. So I ruled the GameCube one out because I really did not like the look of Link. It just didn't sit right with me that Link would be fighting these characters. Yeah. And that I found that quite detracting. Um, but... Spawn felt okay, given that we had a character like Voldo. But likewise, it actually felt really natural because it's sort of a, a, a crossover, and I yeah. always kind of like the idea of crossovers. Felt canon, and Yoshimitsu was already in there, so... And Yeah, and I think I went back and forth and back and forth, like ordering one online and cancelling on pre-orders. <laughs> and then I went with the PS2 version because I, ultimately I thought Hihachi sits better for me in Soul Calibur than... Uh, either Spawn or Link did, so I ended up going for the PS2 one. But I didn't have the same excitement for it. I don't know whether no. it was just a case that in 2002, 2003, I think I've mentioned it several times for games around that era, I was very heavy into PC gaming um, and playing the likes of Counter-Strike and thinking, well, do I really want to put time into a fighting game? But I picked it up at launch. I didn't do anything like print out uh, an ungodly amount of pages using a scary <laughs> amount of ink. Um, <laughs> I couldn't do it these days. Uh, I had none of that kind of crazy preparation, and I certainly didn't love this game like I loved Soul Calibur 1. And it was mm. a, a little bit like yourself, Leon. I don't know why. I mean, technically, very capable game, and I think it's something that I actually went back and played um a few years back and it was better than i actually remember it being mm, mm. um i think i probably appreciate it more now um being that how many great fighting games we actually have in 2018 um soul caliber 2 doesn't actually feel that old it doesn't feel like a 15 year old game mm. um and i think i appreciate that about it now but at the time i just certainly didn't feel any kind of true love for this game like I did with uh, Soul Edge and definitely Soul Calibur. It's funny that the two of you are the only persons I've ever heard who felt uh, Link didn't fit very well in uh, Soul Calibur Yeah, he does seem to be the most popular um, and obviously I was, I felt, obviously I, I felt well enough about it at the time to go for that version but when I see footage of it now it's like really? That's weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's worth saying the uh, 
the HD online version came to downloadable uh, PS3 and Xbox 360 in uh, November 2013. So it's less than five years old, that version. Again, as with the previous game, uh, it's got upscaled graphics, but I think that's pretty much the only enhancement. It's It's got slightly more pixels on screen. Um, but uh, it does, unlike the Soul Calibur downloadable version does uh, carry over all the features including the big modes and the cg and and all that stuff so and you can play it online which soul Calibur also uh lacked uh doubt anyone's playing it regularly now but the options there if you want to play a friend's game online or whatever uh so that's a pretty fine way to play and as i say again backwards compatible unlike soul calibers four and five which aren't yet backwards compatible on xbox one which is a shame and i assume they went with Hihachi as the guest character on no that one. no that's they got other guest characters yeah that's what surprised me they uh they could have had surely they could have had Hihachi because they own him um but no they just <laughs> there's no guest characters i think a lot hmm. of people felt Hihachi was a bit lame because he's not a weapon-based fighter uh, yeah to, to have yeah. him in there and uh I think a very strong rumor, which sounds very believable, is that um, it w- only the GameCube version was supposed to feature a guest character in the name of Link, and Microsoft uh, and uh, uh, Sony, Sony weren't too happy yeah. about it when they yeah. found out, and they wanted to have their yeah. own exclusive uh, guest character as well in there. Th- that rings a bell. I remember a story along those lines, which Same, uh, yeah. certainly seems uh, quite feasible. Third drawing from the Kane and Rince forum says, I'm generally terrible at fighting games and really only play Tekken. I remember seeing Soul Edge around when it was released and not thinking much about it. However, Soul Calibur 1 and 2 are very special to me. I remember spending hours at a friend's place playing Soul Calibur 1 and actually doing well. The fighting felt balanced and knocking someone out of the ring felt like a testament of your skill rather than a cheap fluke. It wasn't as crazy as Tekken, but it was equally as fun to play. I've played all three versions of Soul Calibur 2 and I agree with popular opinion that Link is the best guest character. The other two feel bizarrely out of place and don't really fit the tone of the Soul Calibur series and they're a little too outlandish. Link's look and fighting style fits perfectly with the rest of the fighters in the game and it was a really inspired choice to include him, making the GameCube version the must-have one. So, yeah, obviously that is a very subjective matter. Uh, (laughs) Gameplay-wise, so... The fundamentals remain, um, but this game, Mikhail, uh, was blighted by a bug slash feature. I say blighted, possibly improved, depending on how you look at depending it. Depending on who you talk to. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's ve- this is really interesting because, of course, um, even at the time in forums uh, and YouTube uh, not existing yet, uh, yeah. this kind of uh, tech was uh was kind of kept under wraps and it's something that uh professional players would whip out uh to uh all of a sudden unexpectedly steamroll the competition so it wasn't very widespread there were no tutorial features and i uh till very recently i uh, didn't even know about it but um soul caliber 2 uh features an actual bug uh that if you uh, instead of using the eight, utilizing eight-way run, if you sidestep um, in either of the eight uh, direction, if you step instead of a walk, uh, and you immediately after you uh, step uh, press the guard button, you basically safe approach your opponent. So uh, it's, this was not intentional. So you basically can approach anyone safely uh, with uh, with a with a guard. This is the mm. so-called step guard. Uh, definitely a bug, uh, but I called it uh, a feature yeah. as well because depending on who you talk to, 
this is either a love it or hate it sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think it really, when I look at it, uh, subject- objective as I can, I think it really deters from the purity of the system found in uh, Soul Calibur 1 because it breaks that rock, paper, scissors uh, principle, right? Mm. Uh, but the people who love this uh, bug uh, say that it sort of features as an equalizer because the character balance in Soul Calibur uh, 2 apparently is a little bit all over the place. So certain characters like my main Shanghua have very strong um, 8 bay run attacks uh, that are very overpowered but the the step guard feature actually circumvents that um so you basically have this bug uh, makes the game more balanced than it otherwise uh should be even though it at the same time it tears at the the core fundamentals of the game you know Hmm. as it was envisioned in the first soul caliber um so this this i think the funny thing is uh between soul caliber one and two Soul Calibur 2 is still way more popular in uh, tournaments, uh, played in tournaments. And Step Guard is something that only uh, has um, sort of extended its lifetime uh, in the competitive scene. So, yeah, I mean, make they make it in the online HD downloadable version. Yeah, or? it's in there. Yeah, okay. they, they left no it in there. To turn it off. Otherwise, people wouldn't, uh, especially in they wouldn't know in how to play tournament scene, they, they, yeah. they wouldn't, wouldn't play it anymore if that yeah. feature wasn't in there or that bug wasn't in there. Hmm. I think a more serious bug uh, in Soul Calibur 2 is the so called 2G bug, uh, uh-huh. bug, and 2 is from the numerical move uh, notations so if you, for those that don't know if you look at a numerical pad 2 is actually down mm-hmm. um, so yeah that, it's basically down guard so what happens you have the, dar- the, the, the guard impact the, the parry or repel uh, move that uh, you can use to put somebody on the on their wrong footing yeah. uh, but uh, instead of the only way out of a being guard impact is to guard impact yourself down guard basically cancels uh, your recovery frames uh, hmm. when you perform it so it's a, a relatively very easy thing to do big oversight uh, it, it's a very big oversight because it basically, uh, once you know about this, and it's not that hard to pull off, it basically makes uh, the the guard impact mechanic in this game redundant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no patches. And I think that's really what days, uh, I think that's really what what Sor was getting at when uh, when he recommended Soul Calibur One to me. Right. Yeah. 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 Sure. Well, at least neither of those bugs actually eradicated all the data on your memory card. Hmm. Which brings us to <laughs> Soul Calibur 3. So this oddly, uh, well, it did come out in the arcades uh, after the PS2 version. Uh, I'm not sure how wide a release it got. may have been Japan only even 2006, but uh, back in October, November 2005, this came out for PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 2 alone. I don't know what the machinations behind that were, whether Sony thought it was worthwhile to throw some money in the direction, whether Namco thought it was uh, it was more sensible to focus their development uh, time and effort and budget on just one version for the most popular system. And, you know, let's, let's not forget, although the Xbox and GameCube both did okay-ish, the PS2 was an absolute titan, a behemoth. It was ubiquitous. It was the system that everybody had at this point. Um, even though Soul Calibur 2 sold uh, the, the most on GameCube, I believe, right? Yes, 
Yeah. Well, I get it was yeah. They had a they there were a few reasons for that. I think they had a more captive audience, uh, fewer alternatives, mm. and mm. link. It had link on the box. Yeah, uh, yeah. The fighting game was a big deal, wasn't it? On the on the GameCube yeah. at that period of yes, time, and PlayStation sure. always had Tekken. I mean, famously, the N sixty four was starved of quality fighting games compared to its rivals, three uh, D or two D. Um, yeah, obviously, it wasn't really, and and so I think. Nintendo loyalists at this point were just looking for a quality fighting game so I, I guess it had a really high attach rate Soul Calibur 2 uh, and idiots like me bought it for GameCube even though I didn't <laughs> have the, the right controller um, yeah so the reviews here were a little uh, down further still 86% on average obviously there's only the one version to talk about uh, the PAL version did have a 60 hertz option again because that was happening by these days so um I'm not sure. I did buy this. I, I don't have super strong memories of playing it for very long. I remember getting it fairly soon as, as it came out. I was actually interested in the uh, in the Chronicles of the Sword mode <laughs> um, just because it seemed like a big, epic, single-player kind of thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't... I just don't have a strong relationship with this game. I played it for a bit and then I sold it on. Uh, Carl, how about you? Honestly, it was one of those games I never ever picked up Soul Calibur Three. Okay. It was kind of I fell this away so from Soul Calibur Two. Why? Why did so we much. fall off it? I, I don't know because clearly they were very capable games. I mean, I do remember reading along in Edge, and it got like a seven or an eight. Uh-huh. It, it wasn't. A, it didn't score badly, and I was thinking, oh well, it's kind of cool to see Soul Calibur still doing well. Um, I know that at this period of time, I'd not long since been in i was at a very serious point in university should i say and the xbox 360 was on the horizon because this was 2005 um so kind of my focus was a little bit more towards what's coming but in regards to just it being soul caliber this wasn't kind of something that i was having to get regardless yeah. and and that that's not necessarily the case for so many other yeah. fighting games and despite loving Soul Calibur and obviously Soul Blade and not even really disliking Soul Calibur 2 yeah. I just didn't love it I yeah. just didn't feel like I needed yeah. this one yeah well so yeah even one step further than than me and again I you know I guess uh, that that 10 years or whatever it is of age difference made a difference here because I would have had the disposable income to take a punt on it um so yeah very very curious um now Mikhail, do you remember the this game sort of coming out and the, the time around it? And obviously, as a, a, perhaps a bigger fan of SoCal Two than either of us, were you all over this? Like, I was cautiously interested. I I was uh, right. working at uh, GamePro at the time, and one of my colleagues uh-huh. uh, reviewed it and interviewed the director. Um, and yeah, it, it, I think the biggest deal about Soul Calibur Three. To me, was its character creation uh, feature. Um, yeah, that was exciting, and we hadn't really seen anything quite like it before. I don't yeah. think. I mean, there were other games with sort of creator you got, you, fighter you options, in, but in uh, in wrestling games, uh, but they weren't know, necessarily. Lot. Yeah, I mean, re- obviously, wrestling's kind of a di- almost a different genre in some ways. Yeah. Um, but this was a game that we, I guess the difference here was that we knew that this game would probably have a solid, robust engine or we thought it was going to and yeah. so it would actually be fun to create a fighter and have you know almost infinite possibilities yeah i didn't have my own ps2 at the time i got that one uh, i got that system fairly late as well to uh what the heck 
to buy to buy Mikhail. Uh, <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, to buy a, a bunch of uh, games that I missed out on. And by the time that uh, by that the time that uh, that happens, uh, Soul Calibur Three had already too much of a crappy reputation for me to even think of bothering with it. So I really got it. Uh, uh, for this podcast, and because yeah. I wanted to well, wanted to know you. wanted to know what I was uh, was talking about, I haven't you know? been back to it. I had to get a get a <laughs> so. get a big uh, overview, uh, bigger overview, and bigger picture of the series so, as a whole. What's the story, Mikhail, with Soul Calibur Three? Um, basically, um, this is the a, a sort of a direct to DVD kind of situation, right? Mm. And Namco are uh, fairly famous, even uh, up to the release of Tekken 7, for releasing their arcade versions of games way ahead of the console versions. Yeah. So they get properly log tested, they get it. They get new uh, revisions, yeah. uh, gl- glitches get, uh, get patched out and worked out, uh, balance gets sorted out because of the... You know, in the the arcade scenes, crowdsourced uh, compa- playtesting. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's not uncommon for a Namco fighter to uh, get a home release, maybe two, sometimes three years later after yeah. uh, after its arcade. It's the release. traditional model. Yeah, but something was different for Soul Calibur Three, and it was the other way around. So we mm. we got basically the the homeowners of Soul Calibur Three or the the players at home got the the botched <laughs> and glitched version yeah. of the game. So it's not just the the the, the safe game uh, safe uh, the memory card bugs, but actually the whole game is a bit of a mess. And if this was rushed uh, out for some reason ahead of the 360 or ahead of the PS3, even I don't yeah. I don't know what the full story is. I've got to be honest. Uh, I don't I don't know if if there's much information out there about why it was format exclusive and why it came out ahead of the arcade and so on and so forth. Yeah, so it's... Um, um, they've uh, sorted out uh, the guard impact glitch for uh, Soul Calibur really? 2. Uh, but now instead of uh, down guard, you can press guard and down twice to still uh, recover oh. from a guard impact <laughs> with a glitch. Now that's actually uh, a bit embarrassing. I wonder who got fired for that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and there are a lot of moves and sequences and exploits uh, in controls that cause a lot of collision and hit detection issues. So you see a lot of like moves going through each other uh, once you really, you know, start try and break the game and uh, get through there. Um, and there's even a throw cancel glitch, which is also very embarrassing. Where oh. uh, basically, uh, if a player escapes from a throw. Uh, the uh, throwing player is at severe disadvantage uh, because they yeah. uh, th- they can glitch out of throw recover uh, animation, but the, the thrower can't recover out of the uh, they, they can't cancel the the throw uh, the whiff throw animation. <laughs> yeah. right. So we basically never throw because if they attack out of it, you you mm-hmm. you, you, eat a, you eat a combo. So yeah, some of the throws. Uh, I mean, we should say you know going back to the actual. The, the fun of playing the the game as a as a whole some of the throws are so spectacular and so much fun to implement so having a bug that negates the, the that part of the game would yeah kind of kind of disastrous really uh and then yes the perhaps the thing that was the most famous maybe this was one of the reasons i got rid of it so fast as well um <laughs> the chronicles of the sword mode which is 
yeah, this kind of even slightly more in-depth, arguably sort of strategy kind of side game, I suppose, in the mold of things like the Tekken Bowl and the and the um, and the and the Brawler mode, whatever that was called, Tekken Force. Um, but uh, there was a bug. There was a bug, uh, which will do one of three things: it will corrupt your Chronicles of the Sword save, annoying. Uh, corrupt the entire game save, really annoying. Or, on rare occasions, corrupt your entire PS2 memory card. This was due to Soul Calibur 3 hooking a small amount of data into every save, and by the time that Namco heard about it, they refused to fix it because it was too late. When something happens to a save, such as a save being moved, a save being deleted, or increased in size, Namco we wanted to meet deadlines, and they just didn't want to extend the time on development, so they just didn't. It's an odd thing that they didn't fix it in any of the other translated releases either. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of, um, that's present. So even in the version that you've bought, you have to, you know, it's best if you, if you still have a PS2 and you have more than one memory card. Yeah. I just reser- one memory reserve card. the memory card for it yes. so that it wouldn't, uh, start yeah. eating and destroying my other save games. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a thing. Um, but <laughs> curiously, the following year, as you said, Mikhail, they did, uh, they did an arcade edition retuned, glitch fixed, uh, April 2006, uh, almost the entire cast from the home version returns, except Abyss, who was apparently a spectacularly irritating boss fight, I'm told, uh, which is something that I don't associate with the series earlier on. I actually enjoyed the boss fights against uh, Edgemaster and uh, Inferno and those people because mm-hmm. they made logical sense and they were they continued with the fundamental gameplay from the core game whereas yeah. fighting game bosses so often change the rules or or, or, or whatever and and um, and these didn't so I, I could get on board with that uh, Abyss is now a non-playable boss though alongside Night Terror uh, who's a, another version of Nightmare I believe or an even more monstrous version from the 17 bonus characters only 3 made it into the arcade version Huang Xiong Jong Li Long and Amy Sorrell who have been reworked and expanded into deeper playing styles so the total roster in the arcade version was 27 uh game has a training mode standard mode and a legends mode a complex eight round game based on the creation and competition between customized characters with accumulated skills taken from the home versions chronicles of the sword mode so you could uh, take your corrupted memory corrupted card. memory card into the arcade <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so caliber 4 2008 2008 uh 10 years ago now give or take um i was excited for this again after the relative damp squib that was three from my point of view and i should say that most of my most of my damp squibbishness was not to do with those technical aspects and glitches that mikhil mentioned because my gameplay is not good enough or deep enough to really be aware of those things so it was more just a general falling away vibe but the thought of soul caliber 4 coming back to current gen systems as it was then the shiny new ish xbox 360 with its high definition graphics and uh, and all that sort of thing i thought it would really allow namco's artists to uh, strut their stuff with uh, more ram more graphics to play with uh, online play achievements all that all that stuff that we were starting to enjoy uh, that generation and yeah i bought this uh, i don't remember exactly 
whether it was launch day, um, but it was certainly around then. I got a uh, one. Of, do you remember customized face plates for your Xbox 360? I got a Soul Calibur 4 one with with the game for my uh, for my 360, which had adorned my console and until it red ringed at least. Um, uh, yeah, well, we'll get on to guest characters, but I was excited for this, and again, I think I kind of had a similar time with it as to as two in that I dived into it, dove into it uh, excitedly and enjoyed the audio visual aspects but it still never quite gripped me in the same way that the original two games had and again i'm still searching why carl you were this was i know this was kind of the era uh, where you were starting to uh, you know fully thrive on the 360s uh, amazing uh, library and you know you were probably big into achievements at this point as well and you were already yeah. a soul caliber fan and so this must have been a pretty exciting deal this coming out You'd like to think so. I'm talking um, about the 360 here. There is also a PS3 <laughs> version, by the way. I should say yes, that. Yeah. I don't know if there's any um, technical differences at all. I did rent this. I didn't actually buy really? it, um, hmm. but I did want to play it. This came after playing Dead or Alive 4 a couple of, a year or so earlier. Yeah. Um, and whilst I enjoyed that game, I felt like I was maybe drifting away from the 3D brawler or the 3D uh, beat-em-up. Yeah. Um, and it was something that I wasn't so much enjoying as much as I did 2D. I felt like the, the 2D games uh, was was something that I was enjoying to play more. So I fell away from fighting games for a period of time right. and gave Soul Calibur 4 a go. Um, it had Yoda in it, which was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> as a guest character, kind of debunking all my thoughts about not playing Link, um, Yoda came across and it felt very similar. It actually played a surprisingly decent character but looked ridiculous. I didn't hate it, but I never actually put it on my tag. Um, you mentioned that I was into achievements. I was. I was quite precious about it in 2008, and certain games didn't go on my profile if they were deemed uh, a slog or something that I wouldn't buy. Oh, so right. Soul Calibur 4 was something that I rented um, from Swap Game back when that was an actual company. Uh, and, and, I, and I put some put some time into it. It was... Uh, it was nice. It was online, so you, 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 that was an option. Um, it looked pretty good. Mm. It, it looked prettier than what we'd seen. But I just... I didn't love Soul Calibur 4. It didn't feel... Sp- like, even Soul Calibur 2, which I didn't love, still felt somewhat special as a fighting game. And it's that kind of... You know, that je ne sais quoi about games that you see with Tekken and Street Fighter and the, the maintain that certain uh, standards Tekken six aside maybe um that uh just it just didn't feel like it was a soul caliber game in a way it was kind of strange so i steered away from it and i I deemed myself done with the soul caliber series at the time i mean that was incorrect (laughs) (laughs) that was short-lived until the next one Mm. but certainly it felt like that was it wouldn't have surprised me if that was the last Soul Calibur we saw is how I felt from playing Soul Calibur 4. Yeah. I felt underwhelmed. I remember people being... Uh, I remember there being a decent amount of buzz for it on podcasts and things like that. Uh, the game reviewed, again, ever so slightly less well than the previous game in the series, 85-odd percent as opposed to 86. And obviously we've now dropped... incredibly good. It's pretty decent, but we, I suppose we've just we've dropped quite away from the 96 of, of Soul Calibur 1, um, which, you know, is is... 
an all-timer. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting nonetheless. Uh, the reception did feel somewhat muted. I think there was, I think, I have hugely mixed feelings about guest characters in in games generally, especially when I feel like they are, you know, they are not there for, you know, there's there's all these really dodgy stories, um, you know, uh, there's so many game stories that involve, uh, you know, uh, people from other mythoses trans transversing dimensions and universes and coming through yeah. cracks in the in the in the fabric of, of their existence to to get into somebody else's game and it and yeah it's so often like i'm a i'm i'm a star wars guy i grew up with star wars i love star wars but i didn't want i love you know and i love lightsabers you know as much as any star wars fan but i didn't necessarily want yoda and darth vader and certainly not the 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 guy from uh, the Force Unleashed in the Soul Calibur. Um, yeah, that was such a strange one. And frankly, every get a, time, get out of here. yeah, every time <laughs> they've done guest characters in in games like this, like I can I can make a certain amount of peace with. I think it's quite fun having like, genuine crossover games, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, and then obviously with Tekken Seven, they've they've allowed a couple Got of Akuma, yeah. yeah, Akuma and and Goose from King in of Project, Fighters in Project Cross on this. Cracks in dimensions everywhere. Yeah, everybody I mean, keeps running into whole, each other. That's kind of the whole point, though, I suppose. But when I think yeah. when when I don't know, this just feels crowbarred. And if you're gonna have yeah. you're gonna have Vader and Yoda, why not have more? And then why not just make Masters of Terras Kazi too? Um, because I know, don't answer that. But uh, yeah, just I don't. I I think it shows a lack of confidence in your own IP and your own characters and. It feels yeah. like a stretch to me. Mikhail, were you were you pumped for this one? Yeah. Um, at, uh, what was it? End of 2006, I got a Nintendo Wii and it became apparently, uh, it became apparent to me very, fairly quickly that I couldn't go on just uh, buying Nintendo systems only because I was missing out on too much, you know? Yeah. Um, so I was... Uh, uh, doubting for a while whether I should get a PS3 or a 360 and I opted for the 360 instead Both is the answer uh, f- mainly for two games uh, another game we'll cover this this uh, season Resident Evil 5 yeah. two upcoming games and Soul Calibur 4 and funnily enough uh, I bought so many wonderful games uh, but uh, Soul Calibur 4 and Resident Evil 5 both left me completely cold on uh, their launch or <laughs> they had me really cooled down uh until the day, the day they actually would arrive on uh, on shelves uh yeah. and i never really bothered uh, with either of them till till much later uh soul caliber 4 even so late as uh this year again All for right. my full I- overview of uh the series uh for this particular podcast okay. no yeah. so what do you reckon um we'll get on to soul caliber 5 a little bit later yeah, but I can already say I think that post Soul Calibur two, Soul Calibur four might, in certain aspects, be the strongest game okay. they uh, they put out. I think there's a very good system uh, under underneath it. It's just the main drawbacks to it are that it's very slow. <laughs> it's a very slow game really? in comparison to the other uh, huh. Soul Calibur games. See, I don't and remember that. This, this is yeah. this is my you know my 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 bad and and my lack of recent experiences that in my head it was about the same speed as two. But yeah, no, it's it's definitely slowed down from two uh, right. and three as well. And um, 
And the other thing is, uh, and this is something you see, uh, I think you really see in this series, that they did this in Soul Calibur 3 as well, is where they basically overhauled move lists completely of returning yeah. characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, even simplified them in places, uh, removed certain stances uh, without any good reason other than to sort of upturn the tea table uh i I think with every soul caliber uh they uh the designers want to make the game more accessible and put everybody on an even playing field so that even uh long-time fans of the series or long-time players will have to sort of relearn the game again okay um so that's that's another thing that's kind of controversial about uh, soul caliber 4 Mm. um iv for example is uh by far not the character she used to be anymore. Uh, as far as far as her move lists, uh, not just just the boost size, but also the move lists uh, are concerned. Mm. Um, yeah, but as far as the main system uh, goes, it's actually really solid and fits the game very well. Because of the bugs in Soul Calibur Two, uh, the game became very defensive and turtly. Mm. Uh, but Soul Calibur 4 uh, really re- rewards offense. So if you block too much in this game without uh, guard impacting, you have your little circle glowing orb next to your life bar, which turns redder and redder until it, uh, you get a sort of a guard crush uh, mm. effect. And you, yeah, you can really eat it after that. But not only uh, do, do you get a guard crush effect, but uh, your opponent, when that happens, your opponent can finish you off with one singular move called a critical finish. So it's very much like a, an insta, like a instant fatality, like an insta kill mm-hmm. move. Right, uh, sort of guilty gear style, or guilty gear style. Exactly, that's yeah. what I wanted to say. Yeah. Mm. Nice. So the director on this one was uh, different again, Katsutoshi Sasaki, who had previously worked on uh, the video and cinematics elements of Soul Calibur Three. Um, as well as on Ark the Lad um, and things like that. So, um, yeah, his debut with the um, with the directorship of, of such a, a big series. And, of course, this was also the first game in a series that uh, there is no, there was no arcade version. Um, you can still, obviously, you can pick up a disc for PS3 or 360. Uh, you can still download, the, download it too, I, I, I guess, on both. Um, but, as I say, sadly, not available backwards compatible just yet um one wonders sometimes with certain games whether they're held back from uh being available uh, for commercial reasons but I, d- I don't know um it could just be technical reasons um this is actually a game i would love to see because as, as cool as it would have looked uh, i remember it looking pretty in 2008 at a whopping 720p um it probably wouldn't look quite so impressive now but if they could if they could not only make this backwards compatible and also do the uh, 16 times pixel magic that they've been doing with some of their games on xbox one x i would be well up for that um i would buy it again in fact uh so there's also a couple of uh sort of guide ends um to consider to take on board as we go through the series soul Calibur legends 2007 was a wii game uh, this did not review very well compared to the rest of the games in the series, uh, averaging 52% uh, 
Um, so this is a more of a uh, action adventure single player. Um, Ivy and Siegfried are the main characters. Uh, if you look, if you look at footage of it, it looks like a kind of I would say a poor man's bayonetta or a poor man's monster hunter, <laughs> even in places. Yeah. Um, it reminds I've, me of those uh, terrible beat 'em up mini games in the Tekken games, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine it either did spectacularly well or uh, or people would be looking to uh, seek it out and catch up with it now. Uh, more impressive, I would say, would be Broken Destiny, Soul Calibur Broken Destiny. Um, Namco had already made a pretty astonishing PSP port of Tekken 5 or Tekken Dark Resurrection. Uh, and they followed that up with a, uh, a also really quite technically marvellous, I think, um, PSP Soul Calibur, 79 or almost 80% average review score. Um, I don't know if this is still available, actually, uh, but it's essentially it's a handheld version of 4 with uh, some some bits and bobs tweaked and a guest character of Kratos because it was Sony only game. Um, I guess, again, if you're going to have a guest character, at least it's somebody who uses blades and has connections yeah. with uh, the sort of, you know, some of the sort of uh, times and mythos. Actually, he's from way more. I think Soul, the original Soul Edge is set in like the 15th century or something. But um, uh, yeah, Kratos being godly goes back further. <laughs> um, yeah. But I could, uh, yeah, I could just about deal with him being in there. But um but the PSP was already kind of on its way out, This very much on its way out by this point. Yeah, so that was 2009. Then there was a gap again. Uh, three years. Uh, same systems this time. And again, no arcade version. PS3 and Xbox 360, early 2012, January and February. So this is my turn to say I just never got around to buying it. Now, I remember, Carl, you did by this one you 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 and you were you were pretty positive about it and have been kind of since really yeah so time heals all wounds it turns out that soul caliber series wasn't dead to me in fact it was so alive to me that i bought it day one (laughs) 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 now i think part of this was that at the end of the month i'd already pre-ordered my ps vita and i really wanted something to fit in that gap and soul caliber 5 was looking pretty tasty it was um, it looked a more appealing game to me than Soul Calibur 4 did so I went down to game in, in Redcar when it existed uh, tried to get a hold of the collector's edition which was in a book um, couldn't unfortunately get that one but left with a brand new sealed copy of Soul Calibur 5 on the 360 and I actually really quite liked it it played it played a, a really good game um, the new characters sucked, I'll be honest. They, mm. they, they, they did not have a sense of character about them. There was, I think, Jiba uh, and Pyro were the two characters that I played, um, and the rest of them were a bit just really, really boring and unimaginative, which is a shame for a series like Soul Calibur, which started really strongly um, with its characters. Uh, the the modes and the way it played worked well. The critical edges, which were the cinematic supers, mm. were really attractive and uh, to watch. Um, Brave Edge, which was like the, the the kind of ex meter drain that you would expect to see in like a Street Fighter, yeah. was the equivalent in there. That worked really well. 
Um, it also had the just guard system, which I could not do for love and money. Um, really frustrated at doing that, and I think it's this sort of like I, um, the same thing as in uh, Garou Mark of the Wolves, where it's about timing mm. your guard per- yeah. perfectly to the frame, kind of thing. Yeah, you need yeah. to pre- press the button. Uh, you need to tap the guard button uh, at the moment that your opponent's attack uh, connects. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It it it's that kind of system that we've seen implemented brilliantly into the likes of Dark Souls or even the latest uh, God of War mm-hmm. utilizes that kind of system. But in terms of Soul Calibur Five, I don't know whether it was the 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 animations of the characters or what was going on on screen or something. Yeah, yeah. But I find it very hard really, to measure. Really familiar with uh, the animations and the moves of all the characters to be able to do it. Of yeah. course. Yeah. More maybe. More, it, yeah. And I think a lot of it was to do with we're not just talking sort of the animation towards you straight on. Is there was a lot of um, moves coming from uh, horizontally, so from towards the screen or from away the screen, uh, away from the screen. And there were some very long weapons in it that caused kinds of problems where if you were moving around, they would sweep you a lot. And that that was probably something that that caused me a a bit of dismay with the game and really started to frustrate. Mm. Some of the AI was brutally difficult with it, Um, particularly the likes of Nightmare and, and, and stuff with the huge sword could just make it very, very miserable. And it was the same online. So it did feel that it may not have been the most balanced roster of characters, um, I, I don't think I could technically say that about any of the Soul Calibur games, and it's something that you definitely see from the likes of a Tekken Seven or a Street Fighter Five, where they're consistently fighting for a balanced roster. Mm. Soul Calibur Five definitely had a small handful that were considerably better than the others. Mm. Um, you but remember overall, uh, Evo twenty twelve, where everybody was playing Patroclus in the top eight. Uh, exactly it's yeah it was it it was heavily stacked towards um certain characters and then that patroclus kind of leads into what i was saying in terms of the uh the weapon length and speed and 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 the horizontal attacks just made it very very difficult to read which why it was such a good character at evo um Mikhail, you were talking about the pace of, of 4 compared to its predecessors being down is is the pace back up here at all or is it still that more considered kind of Gameplay. Yeah, it's, it's it's definitely a faster game again. Um, I remember this uh, game being quite hyped in uh, among uh, serious fighting game players and mm. uh, and tournament guys. Uh, I was working at uh, NOE, uh, Nintendo of Europe, at the time, and we, me and a bunch of friends, we had our uh, monthly fighting game nights. Uh, awesome. And we also we also had a crossover sometimes with uh, a bunch of uh, the uh, game testers from another department, uh, mainly a, a whole group of French and Belgian guys, um, and they had a league, a Street Fighter Four league going on, which me and my friends sometimes entered and uh, played along with. Uh, and those guys, we always tried to interest them because we were more focused on King of Fighters 13 at the time and Virtua Fighter 5 Final Showdown. So we tried to get them off Street Fighter 4 sometimes and you know try to get them uh, to expand their horizons a little bit, but they yeah. weren't really keen on that. But when Soul Calibur 5 came out, all those guys really start started playing it for a very short while, very intensely. They were really loving it and hyping it up for about six months after which they suddenly dropped it again um and i think 
that probably also it maybe has to do with the series history. Uh, I think Soul Calibur seems to be a series kind of universally loved by f- both proponents of 2D fighters and 3D fighters. Uh, like bo- both sort of yeah. uh, scenes have to se- seem to find some common ground there. Um, but I think what's also very apparent about, about Soul Calibur 4 is they really looked at uh, Street Fighter 4's meteoric success uh, and they based a lot of the design decisions uh, around uh, that particular right. game. In so you way? got... Uh, so the, the the cinematic supers, for example, with uh, right. the the camera angles. Now, uh, super attacks uh, that uh, eight of meters is not was not entirely new in the series because even the first game, Soul Edge, had an actual super meter and super attacks in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this sort of cinematic presentation with all the wild yes. camera angles and this, uh, yeah, you know, this this elongated sort of uh, super attack that was definitely something new. For the crowd, uh, as much yeah, as anything. F- f- yeah, for the crowd. Yeah, exactly. F- and uh, definitely new to uh, 3D fighters. And then there's the EX attacks, of course. And there's an overall simplification of the character moves. Um, and I think that really turned me off to the game. Uh, that I felt like, you know, it kind of, from to me, Soul Calibur Losing its 5 soul. Is lost its own identity with, yeah. uh, with Soul mm. Calibur 5. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like you know these supers don't really have uh, have a place in a uh, in a game like Soul Calibur, which is more about you know maximizing your hits. Uh, I feel mm. and uh, mm. and 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 winning the honest old-fashioned way. <laughs> Carl, how did you feel about the cinematic supers? Because I'm a big fan of them in other games, but I've not I've not experienced them in Soul. So maybe I I don't know who I'd yeah whether I'd be on board with them or not. <sighs> I can kind of see where Mikel's coming from, that they don't belong there. But at the same time, I kind of like it when games implement something cinematic. I mean, I think to uh, end game fights in Tekken 7, where both fighters have low health and throw an attack, and it goes slow motion to wait to see who gets to attack. Like, I like that element in Tekken. Mm -hmm. I think it could have been handled a little bit better because it can detach you from the combat a a bit in Soul Calibur uh, 5. But at the same time, it's quite nice to look at. It's it, it's it's a strange kind of balancing act of how how do you implement it. I do like uh, a cinematic impact on my fighting games. I I think the best that I've seen it done is Tekken Seven, um, mm-hmm. and I think Soul Calibur Five. As much as I appreciate it, um, in the same way that I like the way Mortal Kombat does it with like the X rays and and that kind of thing. Um, that could sometimes take a little bit too long, perhaps, yeah. would be my right. my criticism in Soul yeah. Calibur Five. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. So, since Soul Calibur Five, we've had six years. Um, obviously, the new generation of consoles came about uh, soon after then. Um, however, on PS3 in 2014 came Soul Calibur Lost Swords. Thirty-five point six percent from reviews. Uh, Stella, I haven't played it, but uh, I did play very briefly the free-to-play Tekken game, and yeah, I didn't really like it. And it, it basically it did play a, a passable game of Tekken, but you could see straight away what the what the model was, and that's fine. You know, if, if people want to invest in that, that's fine. Um, I don't necessarily have an issue with it 
per se. I just don't want to partake in it myself. The reception to, to Soul Calibur Lost Swords was so negative that I just bypassed it altogether and I was starting to worry about the state of the franchise at this point. Yeah. Then a mobile game, inevitably. Soul Calibur Unbreakable Soul 2014. This is based around a similar concept to Tekken Card Tournament. Um, so it's uh, it's yeah it's got uh, mechanics involving a deck of cards basically uh, timed combos cards give you moves um, it's not something I've got, uh, got any enthusiasm for really um, and again I, I wasn't really that aware of it but I suppose if anything I was thinking after Lost Swords after Unbreakable Soul and then in 2016 Soul Calibur Patchy Slot always the sign of a healthy and hearty franchise or possibly it is in some ways because I mean you wouldn't make a patchy slot of a series that was completely dead um obviously there was a market for this in Japan where uh, patchy slots uh, pachinko is massive um that exists you won't see it outside of Japan I wouldn't have thought um yeah I was starting to think well uh maybe yeah maybe that's another one franchise wise things that i was once very much into bites the dust but no announced in december 17 obviously we can't talk in any depth about this uh we can just sort of really sum up whether we're enthusiastic about it soul caliber 6 coming later this year ps4 xbox one and windows pc the the usual triumvirate um yeah maybe they could end up doing a a, a, a similarly technically adept port to switch in the same way that they used to do it for psp something like that uh it runs on unreal engine 4 uh produces motohiro okubo of tekken 7 uh the title's codename was luxor due to the team's intentions on making the game feel brighter like it was in the first soul caliber so i'm excited you guys yes yeah I've, absolutely I've, I've kind of got my Heart set on picking this up day one. Mm. I, I enjoyed Soul Calibur Five. I want the series to be great again. Um, it's the right game engine to run it on. It's the right producer because Tekken Seven's turned the Tekken series mm. around again, in my opinion. Um, seeing it be a little bit brighter kind of counters the issues that I had mm. with Soul Calibur Five. Um, and I was sold the moment that they showed the original trailer, and then I watched uh, Maximilian Dude's reaction to it, getting so excited, and I thought, do you know what? It's nice to see someone being so positive um, about a series that used to be great. I'm getting on that hype train. I want to buy it. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Soul Calibur 6. Mikhail, you uh, you will have access to this on PC. So you don't currently have uh, current-gen consoles, is that right? Yeah, that's but true. Will yeah, your PC run it? it? My PC will definitely run it. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. And so will, will you partake? I'll. I probably will. I don't know if I'll be day wanting it, but uh, yeah. I mean, I've. Uh, I'm. Yeah, I'm definitely optimistic about this one, and I will be following it with keen interest. Yes. And Geralt of Rivia. So the guest character yeah. this time, uh, obviously, a lot of people are very excited because he's the protagonist of. Well, at least one, if not two, of the most popular uh, kind of action RPG games around. We covered that series last volume last year on Kane and Rince. Check out those shows. Um, again, if you're going to bring a character into a game like this, uh, I would like. We didn't talk about Ezio again. Not a not a game seller for me. Like I've I've I played Assassin's Creed Two with Ezio. It was fine. I've got no like. Oh my god! I've got to play Ezio in that game. <laughs> uh, kind of thing going on Geralt maybe slightly more 
I would still almost rather that Namco just made their own characters and didn't do this, but I can completely understand the commercial reasons are obvious. And yeah, if you're going to do it, at least it's a character with two swords. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Cervantes had two swords all the way back in the original Soul Edge and a two swords character. He doesn't normally use them simultaneously. Um, Now, if he uses a different sword, depending on who he's fighting, then I'll be sold. In brief, then, some three-word reviews from Twitter. Follow us at Kane and Rince. No more Spiros, says Tekken with swords. Bad T-Z-M-Z-O. They made more? Nick Beaumont says, graffiti-defying bosoms. Rob Allen, Voldo the Blender. The Mana Pool says, Voldo is life. Spencer Saunders, Namu Namu Namu. Vault 42 Overseer says, button-mashing mayhem. Must have been playing as Voldo. Uh, Anthony <laughs> McGee says, rock, paper, scissors. And Gareth Cutler says, amazing intro cinematics. Mike Bamford, university friend maker. And Simon Nelson says, cutting edge campaign. Uh, so let's conclude uh, sort of by saying, uh, summing up our feelings towards the series. Uh, and also if there's one game in the series you'd recommend. Uh, yeah, Carl. So I seem to have come almost full circle on Soul Calibur. Um, I say almost because I don't ever see it returning back to the greatness that was uh, Soul Edge and and Soul Calibur. Mm. But definitely with Soul Calibur V, it's got me interested in the franchise again. Um, Differing reasons. I think I was blown away when I saw the original arcade and, you know, being able to... You you saw fighters fighting in these hay fields and and stuff that I'd just never (laughs) seen before that completely blew me away. I mean, it looks appalling now, but for the time, it was incredible. Um, And the imagination's a strong thing at times uh, when you've never seen anything like it. And I I really appreciated the story. It was incredibly dark and in-depth. And, you know, you you mentioned there Siegfried being overtaken. You had the the story arc of Cervantes was a really interesting one in the first game. And I feel like... Yeah, it was good fun. I kind of lost my interest in where the story was going as the franchise went. And then I picked up Soul Calibur V, um, primarily just as a, a fun little beat-em-up to play for a couple of weeks, waiting for another device. And that kind of fell for the series again i could see its flaws but do you know what it still had that sense of a charm of i want this to be a great series again so yeah for me i'm kind of right back on board with soul caliber and uh, you know hotly anticipating soul caliber 6 i think if i was to recommend one i still gotta recommend soul caliber 1 it just had a really great quest mode it's still really punchy and responsive it doesn't look that great but it you know what it plays a great game and soul caliber 2 is not a bad one either that's very technically capable Cool, thank you. Yes, as I said, I absolutely adored the first two games of this series. Played them to pieces. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that anyone go back to the PlayStation 1 game now, but it was uh, pretty special at the time. Soul Calibur was really special, uh, a technical masterclass, um, and a simply wonderful fighting game, one of my all-time favourites. Still have access to it. I still have a Dreamcast as well. If I wanted to get that full fat version, could play it on my PC monitor through a VGA cable and um, relive it all over again. But time still has moved on. Um, As I said, I sort of fell away from the series with two being a bit less special and then three being a bit less special still. Four maybe was a slight return to form, but not enough for me to even buy five. So... I guess my sort of opinion and and connection to the series reflects that of the wider market at large, although 
clearly there's still a solid enough fan base for games to get made and uh, pachinko slots and uh, and free to play stuff. Um, so I am now looking forward to six. I've got Tekken seven. Uh, while I haven't devoted as much time to it as I should have done, it probably deserves. I'm really encouraged by the package that it is. And if Soul Calibur six has the same level of um, sort of uh, tribute to the earlier games in the, in the series as Tekken 7 does, I'll be happy just to buy it from the point of view of a digital museum, just collecting all the music and all the CG and all the intros and all, all, the, all the cool stuff from the previous games and have it in, in one sort of handy mu- virtual museum kind of package. I really, really love that. If they manage to knock the game out of the park as well, to be honest, there is no way... I don't believe it can ever be as special as Soul Calibur was on the Dreamcast in 1999. It's just not going to happen. The world has moved on. We've played a lot more 2D, 3D fighting games, games with swords, games that cover multiple genres at once. Now it's it's gonna it's gonna struggle to to be that. But if it if it's a game that reviews well enough and is is embraced enough by the fighting game community to sit on my my huge broad fighting games that I don't play enough but enjoy them when I do shelf I'll be very happy so yeah roll on roll on Soul Calibur 6 in terms of buying one now I think you could do a lot worse than downloading Soul Calibur 2 HD online for uh, Xbox One or 360 or PS3 and um, yeah get a sense of what the series is all about even if it's not my favourite version of the game as as such let's conclude with McKeel yeah, it's been really interesting for me since I've only really had a lot of experience with Soul Calibur 2 and later uh, more also with Soul Calibur 1 on a, on a Dreamcast mm. to look at the series as a whole. Go back to the first game and go back to the, the later games in the series that I've never really bothered with and just see see at the the different uh, look at the differences from from game to game and get a little, little bit more in depth and it's it's got me thinking um you know look looking at all the games um it becomes to me very apparent that they really got it right with the first soul caliber but where do you go from there yeah. right it's like you know you, you, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you've you've got a, a successful franchise. People want more uh, more installments in it. Mm. Um, so on one hand, it's a challenge not to deviate too much from it, so people will still find what they loved in the, the first game. Let's say Soul Calibur is the first game in the series, the Soul Calibur series. Yeah. Um, and um, but as soon as you start tweaking and messing around with certain key elements and where i'm not even talking about the the bugs in soul caliber 2 and 3 um you lose some of that purity of uh the original game as well and it's uh, it's mm. very clear uh design and um what you see is that various other uh 3d fighters after Soul Calibur have taken cues from it in terms of movement, more free movement, even though no, no, not never really quite to the eight-way run extent of Soul Calibur. So yeah. in that sense, it all, it's always remained 
quite kind of unique. Uh, but you know, you started to you could sidestep in all directions in Virtual Fighter Four. Mm. You could uh, sidestep uh, in all directions in I believe Tekken Four, but I've never played that game. But definitely Tekken Five. Uh, and onwards, uh, the Dead or Alive series started uh, to incorporate that same s- s- uh, style of sidesteps as well. Um, and this, while at the same time, the Soul Calibur series started to become with Soul Calibur for uh, slower and started to have uh, some of its core design principles tinker the rough uh, uh, around with too much. So the other three big 3D fighting games started to become more like Soul Calibur and Soul Calibur started to become less like Soul Calibur. Yeah. And all of everything started to become a little bit too much alike uh, in, yeah. in the land of 3D fighters. So yeah, it's that's it's a really interesting development. And for Soul Calibur Six, I wish they etch out more of an identity for uh, this installment in the game again, mm-hmm. and more of an identity of its own. That's uh, something I would really love to see. Superb. Well, that's been a whistle stop tour of the Soul Edge Soul Calibur series. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, obviously. Uh, we could have gone into even greater depth about each show, but sometimes we uh, about each game, sorry, but we have to be realistic about just how many shows we can make and how many games we can cover. Uh, so it remains for me, Leon, to thank Carl and Michiel, as well as our correspondents, editor Sean, and all of you for listening. And if you've enjoyed this podcast and our others, please subscribe, rate, review, or even patreon.com slash rinse. A dollar a month gets you every show a week early and an exclusive monthly minicast and uh, and our undying gratitude as i say next time in issue 317 all encompassing analyd analysis in our worm series podcast